Hi everyone, I'm back. Just like another remake of a TV show you loved as a kid, I'm back. You may not want me back, just like we don't want most of those remakes. Fuller House, cough. <laughs> but I'm back. Um, It's been in a very eventful two weeks, y'all. It's been two weeks since uh, my last recording and it feels so weird to have taken time away and not actually work on the podcast, not work on adulting. I'm not working on working. I'm just not doing anything. And I had to take a minute and do that because I haven't had a chance to do that. So before we get started, of course, you can follow me on all of the socials, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, MySpace, was it Pic- Pixa, Picasa, whatever the one was. It was like some weird picture app. It's probably still around. I bet you I'm on the Pinterest. And if I'm on the Pinterest, I'm very happy about that. But seeing me on all the socials, you'll look for Lifestyle of Gay Black Boy. It'll be a little cartoon character with some big ass glasses on. And that's me. Because that's how I really look in real life. I look like a gingerbread man with massive glasses on his face. And my hairline is turning into the McDonald's M. But you know what? That's talk for another time. Um, Also, you can email me. Feel free to email me at lifestylegbb at gmail.com. That's lifestyle, G as in gay, B as in black, B as in boy, at gmail.com. I'll be sure to read your emails. I can keep you anonymous. That is not an issue. If you want to stay anonymous, especially in the corona times, I get it. Anonymity is great for sickness. Um, so let's just get into it today because um, there's no guest here today. It's just me. Um, and I wanted to take a moment to talk about what else, how life has changed since the coronavirus started. Um, two weeks into this now of the declaration of the pandemic here in America, it's been very weird. I've been technically already social distancing for three weeks because my employment, I work in a health clinic and in the health clinic, we didn't want to have people get infected or put people at risk when they didn't need to be at risk. So now I'm working from home and working from home. I've done it in the past. I worked for a company. I probably shouldn't say the name, so I'm not going to say it, but it was an online auctioning website where you could bid on things and get them, you'll probably figure it out by that. Um, And I remember that experience. I was working from home. I was 19 at the time. I'd be falling asleep, not doing the work at all, just signing in, punching in, and then turning around and doing absolutely nothing. And nobody would ever catch me on it because I was working the overnight shift. So it was like, oh, okay, well, whatever. He's doing his job. And I didn't take it seriously. Now that I am 31... And uh, actually taking work seriously, working from home is almost just like going into the office. Now, I don't do my routine that I would do when I'm getting up to go to the office. You know, take a huge chug of some whiskey, use a little mouthwash, spray myself with Febreze, pull out yesterday's clothes from the laundry basket, throw them on and walk out my door. 
I don't do that at all in real life either. Um, so employers, if you're listening to this, I am a good employee. But uh, I don't do the routine of, you know, getting ready to go to work and walking out my front door. I actually get the ability to wake up, get ready, and then hop on my computer. Um, it has been great to work from home and I'll never disparage the fact that I still have a job when a lot of people in this time have lost their jobs. I do have to say for the people who are working from home, I would love to hear how you're handling it. The first week was perfectly fine for me. The second week kind of dragged where I felt like, okay, I'm still in my apartment. My living room is still an office space. It's not my living room from eight to six. This is where I get the things done. And it's not a bad thing. Again, it's not. I do, I will, I have to say it this way. I found myself wanting to actually be out of my house more. And I am an introvert. Always been an introverted person. I love staying indoors. I'm a homebody. Unless I get to just go out in public and be alone. But being alone in public is kind of hard. Um... So it's been different. It's been fun doing some things to keep my mind all together here and there, not go crazy, you know. Um, But I would like to know how y'all feel about it. So first thing I want to talk about was when it comes to the social distancing aspect. So three weeks of it now, I've gotten to hang out with my closest friends, um, do game nights and little online and even do some of the virtual happy hours and DJ sets through the socials. And that was always fun. Um, those just a great time and everybody's enjoying it. It's great to see. It's great to hear. I do, however, miss going to a bar. That is the first thing I want to do once everything opens back up is I just want to go to a bar and get smashed. Like just enjoy the bar from open to close Because it's been weeks since we've been able to go out and party. Um, So that will be happening. As far as the social distancing aspect being, I wouldn't say negative, but maybe a lot to handle, especially in an emotional and mental realm. If you're already somebody who spends a lot of time alone, it's one thing. If you're somebody who spends time alone by choice, that's another thing. If it's, if you're somebody who is alone because people don't want to be around you, that's a whole completely different beast. But I look at it, me being an introvert, loving to be alone, I still have those moments in life where I want to be out and be social. And unfortunately, everything's closed, so I can't really go out and be social. Um, it's worn on me a little bit, but there is this great thing called therapy that is making the time a lot easier. You can still meet with your therapist. A lot of people are doing telemedicine, which is when you do a video call from the safety of your own home so you're not out there getting exposed or exposing other people. And then on top of that, it just makes everything super convenient. They're not paying me, but Talkspace is a great tool to use. Talkspace is what it's called, and it lets you connect with a therapist remotely And you can just really get some good things out of it. So I would suggest that. Um, 
another part of this social distancing that has thrown me for a loop. So, y'all, I am back on the apps. Grinder, Jack, Hornet, Scruff, Growler, Fuck Buddy Radar, which I don't think is a real one, but that would actually be really good to call it. FWR. Get your FWB on FWR. Copyright it. Copyright it. Nobody better steal my shit. Um, <clears throat> it's also... So I have to share. I had an experience today, y'all. And I went out and when I went shopping. And you already know, I hate shopping. I don't like being out in Walmart. I don't like being in stores in general. I had to go to Walmart because I had to get a money order to pay my rent. Unfortunately, my landlords do not do online payments for rent, which I was hoping the coronavirus would change that, but they're pretty set in their ways, so I'm not expecting to ever have the ability to pay my rent online. It would be so convenient if I could. But I had to go to Walmart to get a money order. So first place I go, I go to the Walmart, and I get to this first Walmart, and you've got to go to the money center to get your money order. So I walk in the front door, after walking through this like barricade of carts that they've set up tied together with chains so people only go in one way and only exit the other way. I'm making my way through that and then I get to the front door and I see the line for the money center is at least a good 50 people deep and they have one person working at the register. So needless to say, I immediately was like, fuck this, turned around, Went back outside, got in my car. I drive to another Wegmans, and that Wegmans Walmart. And this is about a 15-minute drive away. I get there, walk to the front. I'm standing in line, and then I see a sign that says, Money Graham is not working. Money orders cannot be issued at this time. So I turn around, go back to my car. It's time to make a trip to a third Walmart. So I go to a third Walmart, and I get there and I walk in. They had the barricade of carts set up too and everything. And I approach their money center counter. Now, when I approach the money center counter, there's these two people sitting behind the counter, kind of looking like confused at their drawing breath. Um, kind of looked confused that somebody actually made eye contact with them. But all of that aside, I walk to the front counter. I'm like, hi. Would I be able to get a money order? So the girl who's the end of the counter, she says to me, no, uh, our money gram system is down. Unfortunately, we can't give you a money order. I said, oh, okay, well, thank you for that. Have a great day. She then chimes in. Yeah, there was a sign that said that, that you walked past. Now, I appreciate the fact that they have made a sign. I do appreciate that. Unfortunately, the sign is not that visible because it's surrounded by other signs and tons of wording that would confuse a lot of people. My response back to her was, that's great, good job, and I gave her a thumbs up. Now I was just being a dick, just to be a dick. But, sweetheart, I just want to tell you that it was not needed for you to say that. I had already said, have a great day, wasn't rude, wasn't upset with you. You could have just kept the fact that there was a sign to yourself. 
because it did nothing to foster a further conversation. It only made me look at you as a clear idiot because I already got the answer that I needed. So fuck you very much, girl. So after that little exchange, I leave that Walmart and then I go to my fourth Walmart of the day. Now I called before because I was like, let me call before I drive 30 minutes to another Walmart and they don't have their MoneyGram working. So I call and I'm like, hey, is your MoneyGram working? Can I get a money order today? The girl immediately says, yeah. She's like, it was down yesterday, but it's up today and it's running. So I floored it from one side of upstate New York. Well, from the county I live in to the other side of the county to get to this Walmart and go get a money order. I don't remember the last time I've driven that fast. I looked down at the speedometer at one point and I was driving 85 and a 55 and did not even realize it because I was just wanting to get this done at this point. So go there, get my money order. We're all good. As I'm getting ready to leave the Walmart, um, something happens. And before I get into the story, what happens? The reason why this ties into social distancing is because social distancing is the act of distancing yourself from other people so you are not a danger to them and they are not a danger to you. So, as I'm getting ready to leave the Walmart, there are two women who are walking inside. One grabs cart, the other goes for the same cart. Now there's a plethora of carts that are at Walmart. They have more carts than they have cashiers. They have more carts than employees. So there's always carts. They get into an argument and then kind of start getting each other's face over this fucking cart when there's 30 others. But both of them still had their mask on. And as they began to touch each other, they started complaining about social distancing. When this could have been completely solved by one person just saying, hey, you take the cart, girl. There's 30 or more of them over there. Very interesting, very interesting concept. And I've also seen it online with people going to go fight, go drag a bitch, and got their N95 mask on. You're defeating the purpose of social distancing when you're dragging somebody or molly them because if they're still sick, those germs and bacteria can still get on your body and then end up infecting you. It doesn't make any sense. Don't fight people. You know, I know most people wait till the summer and spring to start fighting people. Just don't fight. We have no reason to fight. If you're really all that burnt up about something, look, nature is already doing its job. Just leave it alone. Now is not the time for drama. It really isn't. Now is the time for us to sing Kumbaya, come together as a country, still standing six feet apart and say coronavirus, you will not be us, not today, and world peace. First beauty pageant person who gets up there and says that, you got my vote. You got me. But speaking of voting, um, I have been wondering how things are going to pan out now that we're getting closer to this part of the election season where voting is going to become big. Um, and I, I wonder how this is going to work out. If we're still social distancing, 
when it's time for us to vote in November, which I hope not. I really hope the world is back to, I hate to say normal because this world is a shitty place. But once we get back to the everyday shit and not this Corona shit, I'll be happy. But I hope it doesn't take till November for that to happen. Um, But it does make me wonder what would be the ramifications of still this social distancing, quarantining, and coronavirus when it comes to voting. Are they going to shut down polling places? Is voting going to move to an online thing that you can do from your phone or computer? Which right there, that even makes me more nervous because we've already had election tampering. We know that it's happened. We know that it exists. We know that it's real. And for us to dump everything into an online system, and I'm just speaking hypothetically here, if that happens, it's probably going to be even easier to hack the election. Um, Individual one would probably be happy about that. Uh, Moscow Mitch, I'm using some retro names here. Moscow Mitch would probably be very happy about it. Um, I could see it happening. That's only speculation, and I hope it doesn't, but you never know where this world is going to lead. Another thing that I want to talk about, because it comes to voting, and y'all know I'm not the most political person, or at least I don't talk about politics a whole lot, but there are things that have happened that have come to light since this coronavirus um, has come out, and I just feel it's very important that we talk about it. So there were senators um, who were selling their stock after they found out about the coronavirus. Um, And I just want to just analyze this. So there were four senators who sold stocks before the coronavirus threat crashed the market. Um, these four senators are Kelly Loeffler, James Inhofe, Diane Feinstein, and Richard Burr. Three are Republican. That's Kelly Loeffler, James Inhofe, and Richard Burr. And one is Democrat, and that's Diane Feinstein. Um, each of them sold hundreds of thousands of dollars within days of the Senate holding a classified briefing on January 24th with the Trump administration officials on the threat of the coronavirus. Now, this raises tons of questions, and maybe I don't know the law to the full extent. I'm going off of what I know from my experience and hearing about the law. That's kind of sounds like insider trading. Um, Making a move in the stock market when you know there's going to be a crash or you know forehand knowledge of what's going to happen that's going to affect the future of the stock market and then acting on that knowledge like selling your stock or buying more stock, that's insider trading, at least from what I know. So I think we need to start a lock them up chant for these four, to be quite honest. Because isn't that illegal? I'm just raising the question now because I thought it was illegal. Um, At least unethical. At least has to be unethically sound to do that. And 
for them to do that when they are selling their stocks to make money off of a virus that is now killing people, they should feel that they are trash. Let's be honest. They're, you're trash for doing that. Um, that's the one thing that has come to light in this whole corona age of what we're dealing with. Another thing that is kind of sticking in my head right now when it comes to the coronavirus and everything that's going on with it, this meeting that they were in was on January 24th. The response to the coronavirus here in the United States was well after that meeting. Just simmer on that for just a little bit. I'm going to take a break, make a drink, and I'll be right back. All right, y'all. So I have returned with some great ice in a cup. And that ice is accompanied by a splash of whiskey. A splash of whiskey a day keeps the doctor away. Remember that. It is going to be very useful in the future. So let's get back into it because I've been just reading the news like crazy, going through news headlines and everything. And something that stuck out to me is that the situation with these four senators, we found out that there was a press, not a press briefing, there was a classified meeting on January 24th, and this involved the Trump White House team and senators, and I think members of Congress as well. So that means on January 24th, there was already enough concern within the administration for them to hold a meeting and have a briefing about what's going to be done. Now, during that time frame that that meeting occurred and days afterwards, we continuously heard on the news, radio, wherever, anyone from the Trump administration saying that it's not a big deal, it's going to get better, we're going to be fine. Huge contradiction. If it's not a big deal, if everything's going to get better, if we're going to be fine, I don't think there should have been a classified briefing on this. You could have just sent that out in an email. You could have clearly sent to all, because I'm pretty sure there's like a White House email thread or there's got to be a governmental email thread, to all government. Just so you know, there's a virus that's out here, but it's going to pass. Don't worry about it. If that was the case. Obviously, that's not the case. And we're seeing that very clearly, that that's not how the situation is working. Now, I bring that up because I'm pretty sure you've all seen the videos online of individual one first saying it's all fine. It's all good. I mean, I for God's sakes, there was a video where he literally said that the heat of the spring in April was going to kill it. Obviously, we know it's not true. Because it's April and I'm still wearing a hoodie. <laughs> There's not enough heat to kill anything out there. Um, so that's not going to work. And just a side note, I saw a video and there was somebody who was a part of a council and some form of government in a state who talked about hearing from a doctor that you can use a hairdryer and blow the hairdryer up your nose and that'll help kill the virus if you possibly think you've been exposed. <laughs> so, 
not only is it going to continually be hard to buy fucking toilet paper, now it's going to be incredibly hard for bitches to blow out their hair. It's not going to work. Um, Sally's, Sally's Hair Supply and Beauty, I'll be there to pick up my dryer very soon. I might use it to dry my beard, too. I think I should blow out my beard. It could probably be pretty good. Um, but back on track. So we've all seen the videos. We've all heard it of him saying, oh, everything's good. We're fine. Nothing's wrong. I default back to my statement that I made episodes ago. Which, by the way, if you'd like to listen to the full catalog of Lifestyle of Gay Black Boy, you can do that on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Breaker, Himalaya, and many more podcast platforms. Now back to our originally scheduled show. But, (laughs) so, just thinking about all of this, it's driving me insane and I'm going to have a headache, but I'm going to get it all out. So we've seen the videos saying everything is okay, everything's fine. And then we've seen the videos that completely contradict that fact. All information provided by one individual who I think, quite frankly, should give up his hair dryer. And it is, it's going to blow my mind because I know, I know that this is not going to change the minds of people who voted for this person to become president. Take into account, and if you happen to be an individual one supporter, if you happen to be a supporter, please take into account these major things that I just want to bring to the front of the room. First, when asked a question about what he would say to scared Americans, not something that was meant to be poking or uh, we all know the news blows things out of proportion. This was simply saying, hey, there are people out there who are scared shitless about what's going on. What can you say to comfort them? Individual one's response was that that was a very nasty question to ask and you were a terrible reporter for asking it. But it's a legitimate question to ask. One of the things that you have to take into account, especially when it comes to history and politics, if you look to your leader in a time of need when your population is scared and the leader has nothing to even say to keep you encouraged and keep you moving, that means not only has that leader not taken the position seriously or they have given up on that position, but it means that they do not have the charisma to lead a nation. Charisma is important. Charisma is this energy that's able to bring people to your side. And people are scared right now. It is easy to lead scared people because scared people want a piece of stability. And the fact that you could not answer this reporter's question, but then also turned around to attack this reporter is saying that you cannot lead. The second thing that I want to bring to the front of the room, the stimulus package that they've been talking about. One, the stimulus package resembles Andrew Yang's whole platform. 
of giving Americans $1,000 a month. It, re- it resembles that. Let's start there. So I don't know why Andrew Yang's no longer in the race. Personal issue. But every American is going to get $1,200. Um, based on your income, it's going to lower. I don't have the full demographic information of how much it lowers by. But if you're under, I think, 90000 you get... I'm sorry, if you're under 70000 I think you get $1,200. So first, this money is coming from the government, which means it's going to be filtered through the IRS. They have said if you filed your taxes and you did direct deposit when filing your taxes, you should receive that money. My issue with that is this money is coming through the government and IRS. If you don't pay your taxes, the IRS will immediately, well, not immediately, but the IRS has the ability to freeze your bank accounts, to seize your assets, to find you. The IRS already has all of our banking information. Just saying that. The IRS has all of our banking information. So the people who did not do direct deposit for their tax returns should still be able to get direct deposit for this stimulus check. The second issue I have with the stimulus package, and this one is massive to me. So my dad and I were having a fantastic conversation. And my dad and I were talking about how there's these bailouts that are going to be going to airlines and cruise industries. For the longest time, and you can go back and look so many times, just in the media, just in the media, I'll just use the media as an example, where we've heard these rich people, or we've always been told, save, save, save. You should always have an emergency fund. You should be able to save up and be good so you don't have to worry about a tragedy happening. I think the number is over 70% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. When you live paycheck to paycheck, saving is not something that is at the forefront of your mind because that pay that you just received is going to everything to maintain the standard of living you already have. Oh, I had to take a drink. Another thing, when it comes to saving, you can save. But if you're one of the millions of Americans who's making $15 or less, the ability to save, the prospect of saving, is probably the same as me saying I'm going to go out and buy the skeleton of a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Well, I would love to have a skeleton of a Tyrannosaurus Rex so that way I could call him Hansy for his short little hands, well, arms. I can't do anything. I, I, there's no way I'm going to buy a full Tyrannosaurus Rex skeleton. Um, disclaimer, if somebody does want to get me a birthday present and if all of you who listen buy one piece of the Tyrannosaurus Rex, I can have a full set very soon. Um, I am going to need help buying a house first, though, to fit all of that in. (laughs) But the prospect of saving is not a reality for most Americans. So I've heard, and I bring that up because I've heard on different news outlets, 
a lot of them happen to be more of the Republican-geared news outlets, that Americans should be saving, that they should be prepared for this, that this should be happening. Um, So refer to my earlier points that I said. But then also take into account one other thing. The message that you're preaching about saving or having saved money doesn't need to be said to the millions of people who are losing their jobs, the millions of people who are living paycheck to paycheck, the millions of people who are considered essential workers but are not receiving essential worker pay, let's be honest. That message of saving needs to be turned around to the heads of these companies that are receiving this bailout. Now, the average salary for a CEO of an airline company ranges from $7 million to $13 million. Put that into perspective. That average of their income, $7 million to $13 million. Putting that point into perspective, if you run a company and you're able to still take home seven to $13 million in a year, there is no reason why you should be receiving a bailout saying that you cannot pay all of your employees. Makes no sense whatsoever. The airline industry is one of the biggest industries in America because traveling and Uh, not communication, we'll just say traveling is very important when it comes to business, when it comes to social life, when it comes to everything. So you're already making billions of dollars, most likely. Why do you need to be bailed out? Aren't you saving? Didn't you save up for a rainy day? Because this is your rainy day and you're bringing in money. So don't you have the responsibility to save that money in case there is an emergency you need to provide relief to your employees? I'm not a business owner. I just happen to be a boy who likes to mix a little whiskey in with his Arizona iced tea. I come from a very podunk town in Hawaii and I don't know much. But I do know that when a company is bringing in billions of dollars, they don't need a bailout. If you weren't saving your money for an emergency, which you really could have, let's be quite honest, then you were never going to survive in the first place. And I mean, isn't the concept of capitalism that the best service person provider wins? You can't be the best if you can't take care of your employees. It's almost the same way when we look at a nation. And I forgot who made the quote, but there was a quote, and I'm just going to paraphrase it, but you can tell how well a society is, excuse me, you can tell how well a society is from how it treats its people who are in prison. Our prison system is already trash. And then our prison system for people who live outside of the prison, and I'm talking about probation, I'm talking about the everyday American who's stuck in this rat race of never being able to have this ability to sit back in an emergency we're treated like trash unfortunately and it's terrible to say but it's the truth 
Now, my dad and I, we continued our conversation because not only did we talk about these bailouts, we also talked about that this should be the wake-up call for every American. This should truly be the wake-up call. Currently, the person who happens to rent the White House right now first dissolved a team that was specifically focused on pandemic problems. You disbanded that team. Now, when called to the carpet and asked about it, he denied it. He said that he wasn't the person who disbanded it. But ultimately, it was your decision to disband this apartment, department. Now, my dad, he brought up a good point because individual one is a businessman. So he probably was looking at the books and was like, well, what the fuck does this department do? Well, you know what? We're not in a fucking pandemic right now. So let's disband these hoes and let's throw a million dollars at Space Force or whatever. Yeah, because the war on space is... Uh, Man, those fucking comets coming around here, blasting their rap music, selling their drugs, and stealing all the asteroids' jobs. What the fuck? That was the Space Force ad, y'all. I should be marketing Space Force. But because you disbanded this one department, we were already shooting ourselves in the foot for the pandemic that nicely came to our door, rung the doorbell, and Rona, she brought biscuits over. She said, hey girl, so I brought biscuits. And to get back to the reference that I was making before, the United States is a house. The person who is leasing this house right now, individual one, sees that the roof is on fire, fully engulfed in flames, but he's saying, Come on inside. I got some waffles for you. You sit right on down and relax. So, you know, to the average person who can see danger with the naked eye, they're not going to go inside. But Miss Rona, Rona came here to fuck everything up. If you've seen the movie Constantine, she is Gabriel. And Gabriel's, well, my favorite line of Gabriel's in Constantine is that I'm going to bring you pain and I'm going to bring you horror. That's what Miss Rona said. Because when Miss Rona went to the nation's house, saw the roof was on fire, but saw this dumb fuck was inviting her in for pancakes, she certainly waltzed right on in and said, hey, I'll take two Belgian waffles and you know what? I'm going to call your population all at the same time. That's what ended up happening, and that's where we're at now. Now, <clears throat> I bring that up, and I'm not coughing because of corona. I'm coughing because of marijuana. But um, I bring all that up because this should be the wake-up sign to the people who were voting for this individual to understand that, one, at the beginning of this epidemic and pandemic, we already were shot in the foot. We were running with a handicap because our department that is supposed to be focused on ending a pandemic before it starts was disbanded. The second thing, we were fed multiple, multiple, multiple times of misinformation and flat out lies. Three, when this was already becoming prevalent, 
before it really reached the United States, we had the ability to start preparing. But because we did not prepare, we are ending up in the situation that we are in now. These are things that all fall at the doorstep of the person that we call president. We had the ability to start preparing. We had the ability to get ahead of this before it got as bad as it got. But those things never happened. Those things never happened because the person who's supposed to be in charge does not know how to manage an emergency and a crisis. The person that who is in charge knows how to create a crisis, knows how to create fake news, knows how to create issues, knows how to create division, knows how to create fear, knows how to foster hate, knows how to employ fear-mongering. I know, I went on a little bit of a rant, but this should be the wake-up call for you to say that I'm not going to vote for this person again. Now, we all know there's other candidates out there, Sanders, Biden, Oh, God, that just makes me want to vomit saying that these are the only two people that we can vote for. But um, Harambe, I wish you were still alive. I'd vote for you. Um, But um, damn, the gloomy aspects. I shouldn't have even said that. Now I'm just thinking about the fact that we have Biden and Sanders as our only two people. (sighs) Trash. But um. I hope that this is at least the example for you to understand that this person who already we already knew had no experience in government, we're seeing what the lack of experience builds. This is the result of lack of experience to understand how the world functions and how governing is very important. I know that people are still going to vote for him. People are still believing all the crap that he spews out of his mouth. That's nothing new. It's expected. It's sad that this is where we are. But there's things that can come from it that are very good still. One, we're seeing how people connect. The world has not stopped because outside is closed. The world has just kind of transitioned to the cyber realm, which makes it pretty cool. It's great to see people coming together. It's great to see people doing things and fostering a great time in this very dire situation that we're in. It's going to get better. It is going to get better. It is going to get better. The Spanish flu killed massive amounts of people. The bubonic plague killed massive amounts of people. But the world didn't end. It's not going to end. It will get better. It's just going to be very interesting to see where we end up on the spectrum. So one other little piece of information, well, I guess more news than anything, that I want to bring up um, because I just read this and it really blew my mind. So the movie, uh, well, the movie, the documenting series Tiger King is on Netflix. It's very, very good. Um, If you haven't watched it, I would say watch it. If you've ever just wanted to watch a train wreck, this is the thing to watch. It's a moving train wreck. It's a train wreck that you can enjoy from your couch. It's so bad 
It's so good. That's what it is. But now, I didn't bring up Tiger King to promote Tiger King. I brought up tigers because the first tiger has been diagnosed with the coronavirus. A tiger at the Bronx Zoo has tested positive for the coronavirus. The tiger's name is Nadia. And Nadia had a dry cough. Um, She had a dry cough. She's expected to recover. But because of this dry cough and seeing her and hearing her making these sounds, they decided to give Nadia a coronavirus test. Now, I don't know how a tiger gets coronavirus. It could have been from one of the employees, maybe shedded some of the virus that they were containing and ended up infecting the tiger. Because I don't really see too many people sticking their mouths in the heads of tigers or sneezing on tigers. If you sneeze on a tiger, you're a dick. Tigers didn't do anything to you. Um, But it's very interesting to see. Now, the fact that this tiger has become infected with the coronavirus, and we also know that dogs can be infected with the coronavirus, it's bringing up a very serious situation when it comes to other species of animals. Think about this, and this is the uh, incredibly, incredibly, incredibly sensationalized version of this. If the coronavirus is able to transfer to animals and starts going through and has a major death rate, populations of animals could die, which could throw the whole food chain out of whack and all these things. But at the Bronx Zoo, of course, they're now going to be quarantining and socially distancing their animals. (laughs) So, you know, I hope this tiger makes it through. Nadia, I hope you have a great recovery. Um, We'll see what happens. So, y'all... I just wanted to check in, go on a little bit of a rant. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, Stay safe out here. Please, please stay safe. Remember to wash your hands. Remember to limit touching your face. And just be kind to people. Oh, and also, stop buying all the fucking toilet paper. Ugh! I had to go to six different stores just to buy two packs of toilet paper, which I'm very happy now. Target is limiting how many packs of toilet paper you can buy. Love it. But stop buying all the toilet paper. We never had a shortage of toilet paper before, and we technically don't have a shortage now. It's just being bought faster than it can be produced. And on top of that, if we all maintain the same amount of regularity of buying toilet paper, it would never run out. So... Stop buying all the goddamn toilet paper. I know you people aren't shitting that much. You spew a lot of shit out of your mouth the same way I do. But just use some mouthwash if that's the case. Yeah, if you're shitting from your mouth, that's all you can really do. Um, But y'all, that's it. That's it for me. I, of course, want to share a nice little rant and everything with y'all. Please feel free to check out the show and check me out on the social medias at Lifestyle of a Gay Black Boy. You can reach me by email at lifestylegbb at gmail.com. That's lifestyle, G as in gay, B as in black, B as in boy, at gmail.com. If you want to be kept anonymous, I'll keep you anonymous. And in honor of Corona, I'm not even giving you a cursing word limit. Curse me the fuck out. I'm okay with it. Um, I will be talking with y'all again next week. And stay safe. 
Bye.